This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 16, verses 29 to 40. He called for lights, sprang in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and was immediately baptized, he and all his household. He brought them up into his house, and set food before them, and rejoiced greatly with all his household, having believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the surgeons, saying, Let these men go. The jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore come out and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us publicly, without a trial, men who are Romans, and have cast us in the prison. Do they now release us secretly? No, most certainly, but let them come themselves and bring us out. The surgeons reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans and they came and begged them. When they had brought them out, they asked them to depart from the city. They went out of the prison and entered into Lydia's house. When they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. All right, so Paul tells the man, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Are we to understand that to mean that if the head of a home gets saved through faith in Jesus, the entire household is guaranteed salvation no matter what? I don't think that's what it's saying. After all, I think scripture is clear. We can't get to heaven based on someone else's faith in Jesus by proxy. An individual must choose for himself to believe in Jesus, to receive the blessings of salvation. You can't piggyback off another's faith so to speak. For example, Jesus said regarding his coming in Matthew 24, two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Jesus also said, for I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. And that's from Matthew 10, 35 to 36. It won't always be the case that everyone in a household will receive Jesus, though it was certainly the case for the Philippian jailer. So when Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household, I take that to mean in that context, possibly two things. One, like believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. As members of your household also believe in the Lord Jesus, they too will be saved. Or two, 
Perhaps another way to look at it is Paul could have been speaking prophetically and foretelling that the Philippian jailer's entire household would come to salvation through faith in Jesus. Acts 16 verse 32 mentions that they spoke the word of the Lord to the Philippian jailer and to all who are in his house. Romans 10 verse 14 says, How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? The jailer and his household weren't going to believe unless they heard the word of the Lord, since faith comes through hearing. And these missionaries weren't content to just see the jailer come to faith. They wanted to see his entire family come to faith. Naturally, they found occasion to speak the word to his entire household. I'm guessing the jailer gathered his family and they all listened together to hear the word of the gospel. Perhaps in that setting, Paul and the others expounded a bit on that initial and simple command Paul had given when he said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Perhaps they sat down with the entire household, presenting a fuller picture of who Jesus is, what he did on our behalf, and how we're saved by simply believing in him. After Paul and his missionary crew shared the word with the Philippian jailer and his family, they all believed and were baptized. The jailer also washed the wounds of the disciples and fed them. What a compassionate and appreciative gesture to return some kindness for the message of salvation received at their hand. Their deeds here are perhaps a reflection of the following principle that Paul taught. If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? That's from 1 Corinthians 9.11. Acts 16.34 notes that the Philippian jailer and his family rejoiced greatly, having believed in God. How often do entire households get saved all at once? Our family's conversion was also a miracle story. I can attest to the extreme joy accompanied with coming to know Christ and how that joy is increased all the more when others you love and care about also come to know Christ. Two of my siblings, myself and both of my parents, all got saved within a relatively short span. I can just imagine the Philippian jailer and his family rejoicing greatly along with Paul and the others as they were breaking bread together and fellowshipping in the love, joy, and peace of the Holy Spirit that night after their conversion. This kind of makes me think of the annual Jewish Passover, which is the week-long Jewish festival in the spring that commemorates the Israelites' liberation from slavery and the exodus from Egypt. Included in the festivities is the cedar meal in which every person should feel as if he or she were going out of Egypt. You see, the cedar ritual meal includes the retelling of Israel's liberation from slavery in ancient Egypt. And it's based on the Bible verse commanding Jews to retell that story. Exodus 13:8. You shall tell your child on that day, saying, It is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. The jailer, his family, and his prior prisoners were free in Christ, liberated from the slavery and captivity of sin and its consequences. And that, not by the blood of a lamb on a doorpost, but by the precious blood of Christ shed for them and all of us. Now that's something to celebrate. 
like Israel was commanded to remember their deliverance out of Egypt, we too should consider our deliverance in Christ, that we might proclaim the excellencies of Him who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. All right, let's finish off our study here in Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 35. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeants, saying, Let those men go. The jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore come out and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us publicly without a trial, men who are Romans, and have cast us into prison. Do they now release us secretly? No, most certainly, but let them come themselves and bring us out. The sergeants reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans, and they came and begged them. When they had brought them out, they asked them to depart from the city. They went out of the prison and entered into Lydia's house. When they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them, then departed. Acts chapter 16 is an example of Romans chapter 8 verse 28 fulfilled, which says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Paul and his missionary crew got in some trouble for doing good, that is, preaching the gospel and casting out a demon. They were beaten and jailed as a result, but God intervened through an earthquake in which salvation comes to the jailer and his household. Out of difficult circumstances came incredible blessings. The missionaries are released the following day, and the Roman authorities seem to soften up on Paul and the others after they discover they were Romans. As a side note, what a firecracker Paul was. What a personality. I mean, this guy was spunky, pulling out the Roman citizenship card and saying, do they now release us secretly? No, most certainly, but let them come themselves and bring us out. At any rate, these missionaries then go back to the home of Lydia, the first convert there, to encourage the Christians before heading out of town upon request of the authorities. These new Philippian believers were new converts. Is it possible Paul left Luke with the young congregation for a time? After presumably Paul, Silas, and Timothy had seen the brothers, encouraged them, and then departed? I mean, if Luke departed with them, maybe the narration would have read, they went out of the prison and entered into Lydia's house. When we had seen the brothers, we encouraged them, then departed. Who knows? What we do know is that God had a mission for them to complete in Philippi, and they did. God worked out all things for their good, and the good of these new converts. In the moment, prison probably seemed like a huge downer. In retrospect, they could see that going to prison was actually the key in fulfilling the mission Christ had for them in Philippi at that time. What are the quote-unquote imprisonments we encounter in our own lives? And how has God turned those things around for His purposes and glory? The next time you get a flat tire, or are in a car accident, or like lose your job for standing up for the truth, remember that God is in control. Like Paul and Silas, praying and singing hymns to God, let's give thanks to God in all circumstances, waiting on the Lord to work His good and perfect will in us through the trial. 
maybe there's someone God's ordained for you to meet because of the flat tire. Maybe you got injured in a car accident, which forced you to take a leave of absence from work. But the sabbatical allowed you to rest, recover from all the busyness and stress, spend more time with God and His Word, spend more time with family and friends, and reassess some life priorities. What's your current or most recent trial? Your imprisonment, so to speak, for Christ. And how is He using it to grow you in your faith and further His kingdom?
palms of his hands, his precious hands. I am saved now and will be in the end. He is the life and resurrection. Though I will die, I'll surely. That was Resurrection from the Adams Road album, It's So Simple. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In green pastures, he makes me lie down. Beside still waters, I am found. He prepares the table. For me, anoints my head with oil, he restores my soul, my cup overflows, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, he is here. Us and we know him. 
the door from the Adams Road album, It's So Simple. Thank you. 
This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we begin examining Acts chapter 17. Grace and peace be with you all.